Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Hey, welcome, family. This is Soul Patrol. My name is Jess Romero, Paul Clay, Jesus 911. Some uh, we got some good topics to share with you this morning. I hope all is well. Hope you had hope you had a holy, happy Thanksgiving, blessed weekend. Paul, welcome, my friend. It's been a while since we've been together. Yeah, Jess, good to be here. Buckled up and ready to go. Amen. <laughs> yeah, we got some good topics that I think uh, will be. Uh, uh, it'll be some good red meat for for the audience today. Just I want to mention also real quick that the month of November, which still in the month of November, we're towards the tail end of it. It's dedicated to the holy souls in purgatory. Yes. And remember, the Bible says in Psalm 116, verse 15, it says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. So remember, pray your rosary every day for all your departed dead. And uh, remember that the souls in purgatory can pray for us. <clears throat> also, I just want to mention for those of you that want to just um, share this uh share these broadcasts with, with your family and friends, <clears throat> you can do so. And in fact, we would love for you to share this, uh, our link, the full link of the shows at vmpr.org, vmpr.org. Or you can also find us on social media at VMP Radio. And our YouTube channel is called Full Sheen Ahead. Share these shows with your friends and evangelize everybody that you love. Amen. It's important. Yep. Well, let's jump right into it, Paul. Uh, there's this uh, this topic is relevant. You and me have talked about this for a long time. Every time we talk, we talk about the communist infiltration in the West and even into the church and in politics. But specifically, a new book just came out. In fact, I have it. Uh, Tan just sent me my a copy of uh, of this new book. It's uh, it's written by Doctor Paul Kanger. And Mary Nicholas, she's a medical doctor, Dr. Paul Kanger. He's a convert to the Catholic faith. He teaches at Hillsdale College. He's uh, he's another one that took the route of Scott Hahn. Very, very bright man. He's been mm-hmm. teaching at Hillsdale for, for years. Uh, and he's now a Catholic. They wrote the book. It's called The Devil and Balladad. One Woman's Struggle Against Communism and Her Redemption. And in this book, <clears throat> these co-authors... They talk about the fact that Bella Dodd, uh, they they explore her claim that she attributed to the former communists that she helped place more than a thousand fellow communists into Catholic seminaries as uh, as she was infiltrating the church. And she was sent here by Joseph Stalin to do so. So this new book explores how a woman who was placed by the communists, Joseph Stalin specifically, uh, how she was able to bring in. Uh, communists and sexual degenerates in the Catholic seminaries. And then she encountered Fulton Sheen through a relationship with Fulton Sheen. He reverted her back to the Catholic faith and she's basically told everything. It's a tell all book about what she knows. And so let's jump right into it, Paul. Yeah. It's yeah. Let me jump on the first paragraph in an interview with life site about this new book. Dr. Paul Kanger explains that he and his co-author were able to confirm that Bella Dodd truly said that she had been tasked to infiltrate seminaries by the Communist Party with over a thousand communists. He and his co-author succeeded in finding additional evidence besides the recollection of Dr. Ellis von Hildebrand, a, a giant in Catholic philosophy, 
that confirm Bella Dodd's words. He told LifeSite News, quote, We quote several eyewitnesses, two of whom signed sworn affidavits and just died, one of them in June, and another who's still alive and lives in California, close quote. For example, the authors quote a living eyewitness, Sherry Finn, who told them, quote, I remember the huge number of a thousand who had infiltrated the Catholic Church, talking about communists, some to the very top levels of the church, close quote, and as both authors relate, Bella Dodd knew four cardinals back in the 50s in Rome who were communists, and she worked with them. Unfortunately, Bishop Fulton Sheen, the bishop who brought Bella Dodd back to the church, told Bella Dodd never to reveal the names of these cardinals out of fear of scandal. Paul? Yeah. Can I comment real quick, Jess? Yeah, yeah. You know, this seems to be a, a, a typical knee-jerk reaction, you know, and you know, um, you know, Bishop Sheen is, is one of the greats of the faith, but, you know, this idea never to reveal the names. Yeah, I disagree uh, with him. I disagree. I, yeah, I disagree because darkness fears the light. Why, Jess? For fear that it will be exposed. And so every opportunity we have to put the light on something, uh, we especially evil, we should put the light on it because uh, at that point, evil will flee. Uh, if you don't uh, expose them, then in the long run, uh, as you know, the, uh, they will continue uh, to do damage. You have the mess that we're, we're presently in. That's what happens when you don't yeah. expose evil. Exactly. Okay. Another source of the book is married couple Johnny and Paul Lenninger. They once heard a public talk by Bella Dodd, which they summed up in a statement quoted in the book, The Devil and Bella Dodd. In the late 1920s and 30s, directors were sent from Moscow to all Communist Party organizations in order to destroy the Catholic Church from within. Party members were to be planted in seminaries and within diocesan organizations. Dr. Dodd said, I myself put some 1,200 men in Catholic seminaries. The Leningers also confirmed to have read Dodd, I mean, to have heard Dodd say that there were cardinals who were members of the Communist Party. She said she knew the truth of her statement because I know who my contacts were. Uh, but by the night, continue. By the 1960s, the Leningers saw that this strategy of infiltration was successful, that the Roman Catholic Church had been the victim of a massive communist Masonic infiltration. Today, we are witnessing the results of a well-organized diabolical plan whose blueprint was laid over 70 years ago and patiently implemented. And indeed, when observing the state of the Catholic clergy today, one can only concur with this statement. Dr. Kanger and Dr. Nicholas also get into the history of the Second Vatican Council and the, and the successful communist attempt with the help of Cardinal Eugene Tisserant to urge the council organizers not to discuss or criticize communism at all. There's a link here which shows a translation of the document on communism that, Va that Vatican Council II later dropped. So here's the actual primary uh, the working document that never made it into the final document because, again, there was enough modernists at the council, enough communists to say, hey, we can't expose communism. We're communists. 
And so that uh, <clears throat> that primary document, it was uh, it was dropped from ever seeing the light of day. The authors even referenced a cardinal who read in a communist newspaper that communists have succeeded in infiltrating every commission at the Vatican Council. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah, that is an alarming assertion. Every commission at the Second Vatican Council infiltrated, uh, the authors continue, is that is that an overstatement? Possibly. But clearly something had gone seriously wrong. To quote the latter words of Pope Paul VI, the smoke of Satan had entered the church. However, despite the evil schemes attested to by this book, Bella Dodd's own life speaks also of the power of grace. She turned away from the devil of communism towards God and became a witness against her former ideology. Thus, this book also gives us hope and strength to continue to fight those anti-Catholic forces within the very structures of the Catholic Church today. You know, Jess, I'm just reminded of a verse where sin abounds, grace much more. Mm. You know, uh, again, here's a situation where, um, uh, you know, God, you know, where evil is present, God's grace is right there, you know, uh, uh, readily available. And all we have to do at any one point is to, you know, is, is simply fall on our face and say, God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just also, you know, I, I was reading um, a little booklet by uh, John Venari. He wrote a Masonic blueprint for the subversion of the Catholic Church, you know, based on the permanent instruction to the Alta Vendita. And just to, just to go along with what we're saying, this is what it says. It says, uh, the permanent instruction states in our ranks, the soldier dies and the struggle goes on. You see, just that they have a long game here. They're, they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they, they, they understand that, um, uh, you know, uh, this is going to take a period of time. So the instruction called for the dissemination of liberal ideas and axioms throughout society and within the institutions of the Catholic Church so that the laity, seminarians, cler- clerics, and prelates would over the years gradually be embowed, um, gradually be embowed uh, uh, with progressive principles. Uh, in time, this mindset would be so perversive, uh, pr- uh, pervasive that priests would be ordained, bishops would be consecrated, and cardinals would be nominated whose thinking was in step with the modern thought rooted in the French Revolution. Uh, yeah, that, that, that booklet should be read by every Catholic if you want to know yeah. exactly what's been yeah. going on the last 60, 70 years. John Denari yes. is a Catholic, one of the great Catholic lawyers in the country, and uh, that book's been out for about thirty years. Uh, yes. And so this is it's it's not we've known about this, uh, the fact that the Catholic Church has been infiltrated. S- same with the the uh, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party. They've both been infiltrated by communists. The West has been infiltrated by communists. The Vatican's been infiltrated by communists. Uh, yeah, this is the devil's uh, governmental system, and this is a system that's going to usher in the Antichrist. By the way. You're listening to Jesus 911, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We'll continue talking about Dr. Paul Kangor's, his interview with the book uh, on, with, uh, from Bella Dodd. We'll be right back. Now, back to Jesus 911. 
If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about the new book that was written by Dr. Paul Kangor and uh, also uh, and, and uh, Dr. Mary Nicholas. The book is called The Devil and Belladad, The Devil and Belladad. Let's jump into some of the interview questions. It says, so what inspired you and your co-author to write this book on Bella Dodd? How did you encounter her life and work? The author responds, as someone who spent my life studying communism in the Cold War, I've known about Bella Dodd for a long time. She's one of the leading female ex-communists in America, maybe number one, and no doubt the most famous ex-communist convert to Catholicism via a beautiful story of conversion through Fulton Sheen, a story that we tell at length in the book. It will bring tears to your eyes. I also know of Dodd because of the famous alleged statement from her, from her claiming to have placed over a thousand communist men in a Catholic seminaries in the United States. We go through that claim very, very carefully, meticulously, as readers will see. She indeed said that. We interviewed actual witnesses who heard Bella, Bella Dodd say it, like Dr. Ellis von Hillebrand, who just died in the last year. My, my co-author, Dr. Mary Nicholas, has followed Bella Dodd even longer than I have. This book began with Mary. She did the first draft. I came in later as a second author, only upon her request, and even then agreed to be the co-author only once I had did enough work and contributed enough to merit the title. Paul, what's the second question they ask him? Yeah. The book's title puts Bella, Do- De- Bella Dodd and the devil in connection. How real was her encounter with the devil? Did she describe concrete diabolical experiences or is it more abstractly described as a life in darkness and away from God? She directly and repeatedly described her attempts to break away from communism as attempting to break away from the devil himself. Over and over, she wrote blasphemy. I would add, I'll join the devil himself if he is going in my direction. There's no doubt that I traveled with him at my side and that he exhorted a great uh, uh, he extorted a great price for his company she only broke away from the devil of communism when she crawled back to the catholic faith of her youth on her knees it was fulton sheen who more than any other figure reached down and helped pull her from the pit you know uh jess um this is, uh, uh, to me, uh, like I said, it's just amazing to see um, exactly the, the lengths that some people will will just um, uh, connect with the devil to destroy something so good. Uh, I'm just like blown away, especially yeah. since she had, you know, she obviously received the sacraments when she was a child. Uh, yeah, it's just amazing to me. Yeah. The next question is. What are the major sources that you use for informing you about Bella Dodd's words in life? The answer, an enormous number and variety of sources from her memoir, School of Darkness, that was her book, Bella Dodd's book, School of Darkness, to her many sworn testimonies to the U.S. Senate, House of Representatives, and more. She became one of the most common witnesses to the Congress in testifying to the tentacles of communism and the efforts by the Soviet Union and Communist Party USA to infiltrate U.S. society and institutions, especially education. Belladad ran the education front for the party, where she succeeded in thoroughly penetrating the crucial New York Teachers Union. Another significant source that we use is Belladad's massive FBI file, which we got declassified. I began the process of filing Freedom of Information Act, FOIA, FOIA, 
request in January 2019 for the release of her file. That process began a long period of waiting with repeated appeals to the federal government submitted by an attorney colleague of mine. We ended up with over a thousand pages from her FBI file. The agency considered her an enormous source of information. By the early 1950s, according to the FBI, her code name during the McCarthy hearings was the Falcon. The material in the file is fascinating. Paul? Yeah. It, one quick comment, Jess. Do you remember like looking at uh, studying history? The McCarthy hearings were almost uh, depicted as some type of a witch hunt. Like it was, you know, it had no basis in fact. And the opposite is actually true. This is real. This is reality. Um, the Communist Party had infiltrated, uh, I, I, again, as, as pointed out, teachers unions, uh, the Democrat Party. And uh, so uh, this is amazing to me. Uh, how would you draw a parallel between this book and your book, The Devil and Karl Marx? Well, and that's another book that Kanger wrote, right? Um, the crucial difference is this. While both Bella and Karl Marx dealt with the devil, including the devil of communism, Bella broke away and embarked on a life of penance and reparation. Marx, to the contrary, remained fascinated by the devil, writing poems about the devil and truly engaging in acts that perpetuated great evil. He was a lifelong angry atheist. Bella, once she broke away from the devil, did just the opposite. She said to Fulton Sheen, I want to enter the most severe uh, penitential order that exists to pay for my sins. He replied, no, I command you to give lectures on communism because these people are blind. They are totally blind to the dangers of communism. They, uh, that was precisely what she did. She made a commitment to alert the world. Uh, Bishop pointed it out perfectly, Jess. Uh, they are blind. Uh, they're blinded to the truth. And that's why these people can do the things that they're doing. Uh, and by the way, I started thinking about when I made that comment about Bishop Sheen and why he didn't want her to reveal the Cardinals. I'm thinking he was more concerned for her safety, Jess, because as we know, the Communist Party will not hesitate to um, assassinate people. Absolutely. The question yeah. here, do you do you touch in your new book about the fact that Bella Dodd helped introduce over a thousand communists into the Catholic priesthood? Do we know more about this? Hey, uh, Dr. Kanger says that's the heart of the book. It's what will attract yeah. most readers to it. It's by far the longest chapter of the book. You'll have to get the book to find out. But I'll say this much here. We were able to confirm that Bella Dodd truly says she had been tasked by the Communist Party to infiltrate seminaries with over a thousand communists. There, there are sloppy unsubstantiated claims attributed to her all over the internet. I feel we've provided a crucial service in this book by documenting the fact or documenting the fact that she really did say that. We quote several eyewitnesses, two of whom signed sworn affidavits and just died, one of them in June, and another another who's still alive in California. <clears throat> That's just some of the evidence. We also walk through the feasibility of Bella and the party believing that they actually could infiltrate the Catholic Church. There's no question they would have they would have tried. They had penetrated all the mainline Protestant denominations. Bella even placed a thousand Communist Party members among 10,000 teachers in the Teachers Union in New York alone. She admitted this wow. in sworn testimony, plus numerous other groups for which she was the master organizer in the infiltration. By the 1960s, there were close to 60,000 priests in the United States. For Bella, the prospect of placing merely a thousand communists in Catholic seminaries would have seemed a cinch. 
she would have saluted the red flag. So we know that she tried it. The only question is to what what extent this infiltration might have succeeded. We walk through that as well. Go ahead, Paul. Yeah. Many Catholics are astonished at Bishop Sheen's counsel to Bella Dodd not to reveal the names of any priests or even allegedly four cardinals who were communists and who she helped infiltrate the church. Do you think in light of the current church crisis that it would have been better to reveal the names both of these cardinals and of these communist priests? Perhaps so, but Bishop Sheen didn't want the scandal. Instead, he told Belladad what Pope Pius XI had told him. The best way that you can fight the satanic scourge of communism, uh, that's how it was described in Pius XI's 1937 encyclical uh, Divini uh, Redemptoris, is to speak out publicly against communism and teach the people of the church. Uh, the, uh, I'll just add a, ca- a caveat to this, Jess. Well, yes, that's true. But when you identify someone who has basically been, uh, you know, uh, turned out, so to speak, uh, and is holding a high position within the church, uh, that needs to be addressed uh, and not, uh, you know, that needs to be addressed directly, you know, because why? There's people's uh, souls who are underneath these people. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shot that sentence. Yeah. 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 So. um Okay, so so okay is to speak out publicly against communism and teach the people of the church, uh, the country and the culture, and the world about this evil. That was exactly what she proceeded to do, and she did so literally, unlike, uh, and more powerfully than any woman in the history of the church. Amen. Wow. Uh, uh. So so the question to to these two doctors that wrote the book. What is your book's message for us Americans right now? At a moment in history where we seem to be more and more exposed to socialism and its tactics to include the enforcement of new quotas, new victim groups, and the punishment of those who do not follow the new ideology, the answer that they give is communism and its ugly stepsister, socialism, are way too popular in America today, including among many terribly misinformed Catholics. For example, in July 2019, the Jesuit flagship America magazine, that's uh, the editor's Father James Martin, published an utterly shocking article titled, quote, The Catholic Case for Communism, close quote. Can you Mm. imagine a Jesuit magazine being an apologist for communism? That's pure madness, really. It's pure ignorance. In truth, there is no justification for such a piece you know, in a Catholic publication, but tragically, our lack of understanding of the evils of communism, including our ignorance in our own parishes and colleges, has brought us to this dreadful point. Yeah. Hey, you know, just think about it for a second. What does, you know, teachers unions and the state, you know, and the church, you know, do you see a connection here? Uh, you know, this idea, this, this satanic idea, it both infiltrated secular society and at the same time, the goal was also to infiltrate the church. So this myth about separation of church and state, and I will say it's a myth, you know, that is just one more, you know, um, idea that 
basically said, oh, these two have nothing to do with each other. They're totally disconnected. When in reality, uh, the reason why uh, church and state need to be joined together, it's because, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, you know the the idea the goal of every human being is to is to you know die in friendship with god and uh you know uh, again you know this idea that we're separate you know that you got the secular life and this church life and the two shall never meet that's a that's, lie from the pit of not, hell yeah that's not catholic catholicism nope. teaches the social kingship and lordship of christ Yes, it means that Jesus Christ. The, the goal of Catholicism is to make Jesus Christ King and Lord Indeed. of every human heart, and King and Lord of every nation. Yes, uh, not not a political party. Jesus Christ should be the King and Lord of every nation, and in so far as we fail to do that, this is why we have communism and socialism and Nazism and Islamism. It's because the church we have failed to evangelize. Uh, our fellow sons the fellow sons and daughters of Adam and Eve we'll be right back we're going to finish off with this and then we'll go on to another topic but uh, yeah we have a few closing remarks on this topic but uh, we're also going to talk about the shameful rhinos and the the shameful sinos Catholics in name only now back to Jesus 911 if this call is not an emergency dial 888 526-2151. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two-man car, Jess Romero, Paul Clay. We uh want to wrap it up with this uh yeah. th- this is a very good, very good topic, by the way. I mean, it's just I'm fascinated with it. Uh everything about this topic. It's uh, it's about a new book called The Devil and Belladod, put out by Tan Books. One woman, that's Belladod, her struggle against communism and her redemption. She was evangelized by Fulton Sheen came back into the church. She made claims that she brought in a thousand communists into Catholic seminaries. If that claim is true, and by the way, that claim is consistent with other books like Alta Vendita, uh, and there's other books that have been written uh, by Masons, I mean by communists that have come into the Catholic church. If that's true, then the mess that we see right now in the church makes complete sense because this (laughs) mess is being... Is being performed by the communist infiltrators into the church that have now taken very high places. Paul, there's one more question that they ask uh, Dr. Kanger. Yeah, what is the main lesson that we can learn from Belladad's own story of being communist who then converted to the Catholic faith? <clears throat> Fight evil with truth and with courage. Even when they call you names and try to make your life a hell on earth, When Bella left the Communist Party, they smeared her with every name in the book, none of which will surprise readers today. They called her a racist, fascist, Nazi, anti-Semite, you name it. Right Right out of the playbook, the radical left has been smearing people like this for a hundred years, and Bella herself had smeared people like that when she was in the party. They tried to effectively cancel her, as we say today. More than that, they literally wanted her dead. They threatened her. They lived under uh, she lived under constant harassment, and yet she fought back fearlessly. That brings me to the other big lesson from her story: to borrow from Pope John Paul II, be not 
afraid. You know, Jess, uh, uh, you know, again, uh, Jesus, it reminds me of scripture. Jesus said, blessed are men when say, uh, blessed are you when men say things falsely against you on account of me. That's what they try to do. The, the typical playbook, these ad hominem attacks to try to destroy uh, the person, the messenger. They hate the message so bad that she's delivering. They try to destroy the messenger. That's right. The cancel culture has been around a long time, not just yep. now. Here's here's something that I, I, I'll say. I remember back uh, in the early 80s, there was a book that came out. I have it on my shelf. It's called, it's about my senior George Kelly. And it's uh, he said that the, the title of the book, which kind of wraps up this article, is called The Battle for the American Church. The book was written back in 1980. And Monsignor Kelly, in the book, he says, there is, there is guerrilla warfare going inside the American church. He said, the church goes where its leaders take it. In other words, weak leadership breeds a weak church. Strong leadership breeds a strong church. Uh, that, that, to me, sums it up, that there's, there's, a, there's guerrilla warfare going inside the church, and the reason it's happening is because of this infiltration of communism that happened back in the 50s and 60s. So everything that we see right now in the church, the modernists, the progressives, the dissenters, the, the pro-LGBT Catholics, the, the pro-justice, social, uh, social justice warrior Catholics, it all makes sense. Uh, yep. This is all a part of the infiltration that Baladad uh, engineered. And, uh, and unfortunately... Uh, you know, money money not only buys votes, money can also buy offices. And I think there's a lot of people. Uh, there, there's another book. It's called The Broken Path by Judy Brown. Rest in peace. But she, this book came out in, back in 2012 where, where the thesis of her books was this. She says, uh, The Broken Path, how the, ca- how the U.S. Catholic bishops got lost in the weeds of American politics. Mm. And that's what we see right now, Paul. We see oh, yeah. the bishops. They become more political than they be, they become Catholic. And when I yes. talk about political, I'm talking about socialist. I'm talking about yes. you know horizontal politics. Yes, there is there's absolutely they've lost their 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 view the faith. of horizontal. Hey, Jess, they've lost the faith in a sense because they have uh, conformed to the spirit of the world. You know, uh, yeah. more so than conforming to Christ. And 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 you can tell because. When you hear somebody who, you know, is supposed to be, uh, you know, an elder, somebody who is uh, uh, one of the fathers of the faith, and they don't even have a command of sacred scripture, right. uh, it's not important to them. What's important to them is, uh, you know, yeah, thank you. Let's <laughs> social, move on to the next article. And social justice. Yeah, the one, we want to move into another topic. Why are there no Democrats in name only? In other words, they're all faithful to their to their party platform, <clears throat> but there are shameful uh, Republicans in name only, and there are shameful Catholics in name only. Uh, and infiltrators. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's funny. Again, uh, I, I like the way the article started. It says no one was surprised when the misnamed. Respect for Marriage Act. I like what people we actually call it the Disrespect for Marriage Act. Yes. Passed in the House by a 267, 157 vote last July. The Democrats held the chamber and voted as a block. Most conservatives, however, were startled when the same bill recently passed the filibuster hurdle in the Senate, where the Democrats were short 10 votes to bring the measure before the full Senate for approval. 
The House bill had counted on the scandalous support of 47 Republican representatives who broke with their party's platform and principles to pass this bill, mm-hmm. which codifies same-sex marriage into federal law. Mm-hmm. The Senate vote for cloture found not the needed 10, but 12 Republican votes to set the bill up for almost certain passage and the signature of <clears throat> Catholic President Joe Biden. <laughs> this is unbelievable, Paul. Yeah. Both parties have what's called a party platform. Yep. And if, you, if you're going to run for a particular party, you, you're supposed to uphold what the party platform says. It would be like, for example, if I call myself Catholic and I would say, yeah, but on the Nicene Creed, I disagree with that line. I disagree with that line. I disagree with that line. I disagree. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be a Catholic, I have to uphold to everything the Apostles and the Nicene Creed says uh, so that I can bear the name of Catholic. If you want to be a Democrat or a Republican, you got to adhere to their party platforms. Well, here we have 12 Republicans who broke rank with their party platform because their party platform is they promote natural, traditional marriage between men and women. But again, this is how powerful the homosexual lobby is. They're infiltrating the Republican Party because now there's even a segment within the Republican Party. They call themselves the log cabin Republicans. You know who they are? They're all the homosexuals. In the party that have they're, they're, they've made, they give themselves a little name within the party. They call themselves log cabin Republicans. Now I don't know why they call them log cabin. I don't know what that means, but that's the homosexual wing of the Republican Party. Wow. Uh, well, you know, just again, I did a show. Uh, it was on the Terry and Jesse show, and I talked about you know the morning after the election. Mark Thiessen got on Fox News, and he was just blown away, you know, about how, you know, Republicans were, you know, were sent a strong message uh, and he started naming all these rhino Republicans that we should follow their model. Uh, The reason why we lost the election was because we had uh, too many uh, of the wrong candidates. And and by, you know, his word, his usage is the word wrong candidates. He's talking about people who hold near and dear the values that we hold, like people who are absolutely not willing to compromise on abortion. And so we have to, and, you know, and this is a good opportunity to, to, to remind everybody, Jess, that uh, the Republican Party is not synonymous with the salvation somehow, oh, yeah. Yeah, with with our salvation, and if we're looking to somehow to look to man for answers, and particularly a man, uh, 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 you know, filled Republican Party, it's not going to happen. The only Savior we have is Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Yep. Yep. Politics isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. But we have to w- yeah. work within the political forum to the best of our ability. Go ahead. Go pick it up from there. The curse yeah. of the rhinos. Yeah, the curse of the rhinos. Uh, I thought I was on the the house bill. No, uh, uh, no, right there. The curse of the rhinos. That that's where I'm at. That's where I, I left off right before that. Oh, okay. Um, where are we at? <laughs> the, the dramatic vote for same sex marriage highlights the weakness of conservatives on crucial matters like this one. The bill's passage was solely in the hands of the Republican Party. One word from Senator Senate Majority. Minority leader Mitch McConnell demanding unity should have been enough to stop it cold. However, the Republican Party threw away its chance to defeat it and once more betrayed the trust of millions of social conservatives yeah. who have rescued them from defeat. Yes. The, 
the Republicans have always been plagued by the so-called rhinos, Republicans in name only. These liberals in conservative clothing casting their votes with the other side, especially when moral issues are at stake. They take victory away from the pro-life and pro-family cause. Yes. And then it, it got the name. The Senate rhinos include, it, it gives about a dozen names. Yes, uh, Susan I'm, Collins, yeah, Lisa Murkowski, yeah. 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 Mitt Romney. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Uh, here's the problem is, is I tell people when they ask me, Jess, are you a conservative? I said, yeah. I say, I'm a 3M conservative. And, and all these, like Susan Collins, Mitt Romney, you know, Roy Blunt, they're 2M conservatives. What do I mean by that? Conservative, I mean, 3M means I'm a conservative when it comes to morality, because that comes from God. I'm a conservative when it comes to the military. I want a strong military. And I'm a conservative when it comes to the, the, uh, the economy, money. Uh, morality, military, and money. These people that are listed here, the Susan Collins, the 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 you know, the Murkowskis, the Romneys, they're 2M conservatives. All they care about is money and the military. They Great don't care point. about morality. They yeah. do not care about abortion. They do not nope. care about homosexual marriage. They are 2M conservatives. I'm a 3M conservative. That's what makes yeah. me different. Yeah. And let me inje- inject something here, Jess. And because they're not concerned with morality, that also... Uh, you know, extends to moral leadership, moral decision making. So when you have somebody who's into money and into the military and they don't have a moral compass, it takes the country in the wrong direction. You got it. We'll continue talking about Catholics in name only, Republicans in name only. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about Catholics in name only, Republicans in name only. Democrats don't have that problem. The, uh, the, the Democrats in name only, one of the things about them is they're very obedient uh, for example, to codify same-sex marriage, there was no debate or no hesitation amongst the Democrat. And then you have their iron fist at Nancy Pelosi, who ruthlessly made everyone in the House toe the party line. And Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer made sure that even the wannabe uh, Democrats in name only, senators like Senator Joe Man- Manchin, Senator Kristen Sinema from Arizona, that they voted in lockstep with the party. No one is surprised that Democrats vote consistently with their lack of principles on important moral issues. On abortion, the Democrats have displayed a fanatical zeal to make sure the slaughter of innocents continues unabated even until birth. Mm. Gone are the days of the blue dog Democrats who defied their party on these vital issues. The control of elected uh, Democratic officials is total in today's polarized America, here's a comment I want to make before you pick it up. I've noticed that the Democrats, they defend the indefensible. They circle the wagons around their leaders and around their issues, while the Republicans circle the firing squad around their leaders and around their issues. Big difference. Okay, Paul, pick it up where it says taking a principled. Yeah, taking a principled, not a personal stand on homosexuality. 
homosexual marriage and transgenderism. As practicing Catholics, we are filled with compassion and pray for those who struggle against violent temptation to sin. Uh, but it toward homosexual sin, gender dysphoria, or otherwise. We are conscious of the enormous difference between these individuals who struggle with their weakness and strive to overcome them and others who transform their sin into a reason for pride and try to impose their lifestyle on society as a whole in flagrant opposition to traditional Christian morality and natural law. However, we pray for them too. According to the expression attributed to St. Augustine, we hate the sin but love the sinner. And to love the sinner, as the same doctor of the church explains, is to wish for him the best we can possibly desire for ourselves, namely, that he may love God with a perfect affection. Uh, <laughs> does that say it all, Jess? Unbelievable. Uh, you, you know, St. Augustine was right on point. It, you know, what we we need to love them, pray for them. But, you know, and that's the, the part that's so missing in the church today. The idea that you have to repent. Jesus said, you know, go and sin no more. Right. Uh, they're forgetting about that. Uh, now the call, the battle, the call is you can come. Everybody's welcome. Come as you are and remain as you are. Yeah. That all, just are all are welcome. Oh, that's yeah. like, all are welcome. Yeah. That crummy yeah. song from the 70s. Yeah. 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 The Disrespect for Marriage Act, as it should be called, is the left's revenge for the Dobbs versus Jackson ruling overturning Roe versus Wade. It used that good. It, it used that good Supreme Court, uh, you know, of the United States. Uh, decision as motivation to expand and solidify same-sex marriage nationally. Mm. Thus, the bill does not just keep same-sex marriage legal, as its promoters insinuate. It codifies same-sex marriage into federal law, making it much more difficult, if not impossible, to overturn the Obergefell ruling. The new legislation will formally repeal the Defense of Marriage Act in 1996, the Defense of Marriage Act passed in the Senate 85 to 14 and was signed into law by President Bill Clinton. Wow, what a difference just a couple of years ago, Paul. These, these yeah. were even Democrats that were against homosexual marriage. Yep. Uh, and Bill Clinton as well. It had defined marriage for federal purposes as the union of one man and one woman. How far we have fallen as a country. Go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. And let me just say this, Jess, that, you know, we can't depend on court decisions like the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Because, at, you know, the Democrats are proven that, listen, there is a will out there amongst the multitude, a multitude of people who are willing to codify abortion and other, uh, you know, uh, the destruction of marriage as, and make it a part of our law. So that, you know, basically the courts just exist to interpret the law. And so the courts are just going to say, well, that's the law now. So, uh, you know, and so we're doubling down on our evil. Uh, you know, yeah, so, they're, they're, uh, just ta they're just taking it to the states. They're just taking it to the states and making it part of their state constitution. Yes, yes. Uh, one final bar bipartisan block of legislators must be defined in this betrayal of principles. It is the the China, uh, the Chinos. Yeah, that's a good way. The Chinos, uh, Catholics in name only, uh, the church has always taught that homosexual acts 
are gravely sinful. As part of the church's role as guardian of natural law, she must oppose the uh, the, the travesty of same-sex marriage wherever it appears. And we see, unfortunately, just the church seems to be championing same-sex marriage right. in, so, in some areas. Not the right. church, you know, uh, you know, the true church, but many within the church. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Um, uh, tragically, many Catholic officials do not actively oppose same-sex marriage and the homosexual revolution inside the church and society. Uh, some even favor it. Uh, I would say many favor it. Uh, by not denouncing and condemning Catholic legislators who vote for the legislation of same-sex marriage, these bishops and priests betray the church and the natural law. The Catholic bloc in the 117th Congress vote is plenty large to stop cold any bad legislation. There are 134 Catholic representatives, 77 Democrats, 57 Republicans, and 24 Catholic senators, uh, 15 Democrats, nine Republicans. As the most numerous religious bloc in the legislature, Catholics could have easily prevented the passage of the disrespect of for marriage act bill catholic republican senators who voted for uh uh cloiture include senator susan collins senator lisa murkowski senator dan sullivan and uh tom tillis it, you know just again catholics are leading the way i hate you know it, but i but i'll say in a negative way when you look at the likes of nancy pelosi and uh you know and and prominent catholics who have who are who who and, and it's just so sad because a, a you know if we don't work on properly a proper formation of conscience if if as parents we don't teach our children then they are going to be influenced by the one-eyed monster the tv set they're going to be infiltrated by i mean influenced by these teachers unions who we know have been infiltrated through communists and marxism and we're going to get a country that looks pretty much like our country today these china legislators openly mock church teaching by their positions in favor of this of these of the of of this and other anti-Catholic bills. As noted, church officials likewise neglect their duty by not rebuking, admonishing, or excommunicating from the fold of the faithful those legislators who consistently vote for the anti-Catholic measures. Wayward public officials tranquilly remain in good standing inside the church. The passing of the Disrespect for Marriage Act shows that the problem with conservative politics is not a lack of support, principles, or votes. Conservatives have... Conservatives have all the means to defeat evil legislation. Church leaders are likewise well positioned to affect these issues. The problem is there is little will to do so. The strength of this effort is only as strong as its weakest link. Rhinos, Republicans in name only, and Chinos, Catholics in name only, are not reliable allies. Strong party leadership is needed to enforce stands on non-negotiable issues and field better candidates. Catholics must not be afraid to proclaim the faith in the halls of government. The real problem is cowardice. Legislators and party leaders are afraid to stand for principles in the face of what the media deem popular or trendy. Church leaders are afraid to appear lacking in compassion when the utmost, when the greatest act of charity, indeed, 
it is listed as a spiritual work of mercy is to admonish the sinner. Mm-hmm. Cowardice is never a winning position. It always leads to defeat and ruin. You know, how many times does God have to show us, uh, Jess, that when we dare step out and defend and do the right thing, he lifts us up. I think of Joan of Arc, you know what I mean? Who God just lifted up Joan of Arc as as an example. You see, all we have to do is, you know, you know, purpose in our heart and align our will to obey God and and. God will be there and he will fight the battle for us. There's a way that seems right to a man. I'm sure that, you know, in their worldly wisdom, they think about this and, oh, I can't do this because of this group and that group. You know what? Be a principled person. Uh, Follow uh, God's commandments. Honor God and watch uh, the miracle about what God can do for our country and our society and this world. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is, at this point, remember, we can't do not put your trust in men. Don't even put your trust in politics. We've got to put Amen. our trust in the Lord and everybody has to work on their interior life. You have yes. to work on your relationship with God. You have to work on your personal holiness, on your in, in, interiority, because at the end of the day, it's only going to be you and God. You, no political party is going to be standing in, in between you and God and advocating for you. Or, and not even your priest is going to be there between you and God or your wife. It's yeah. going to be you and God alone. So especially as yeah. Catholic men, calling all Catholic men to know your Catholic faith. Well, you, yes. you have to know it, which means you have to make time to study it. Also, live your Catholic faith. It, it, the Catholic faith is a public thing. It's not something that's meant to be left behind when you leave your house. And then lastly, spread your Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. Jesus wants to bring the whole world into captivity to himself. And who's supposed to do that? We are, the Catholic Church. Don't be discouraged by the enormity of the task that lies ahead of us. You know, St. Joan of Arc wasn't discouraged. St. Mother Teresa wasn't discouraged. Uh, You know, the Maccabean brothers, they were discouraged. They know that the the task in front of us right now is enormous. But this is our Esther moment. We were destined for such a time as this, and we have to rise to the occasion. We Mm. will never bend our knees to that false God of the world, Baal. We will only follow Jesus Christ and bend our knees to God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. America, wake up. Don't hit the snooze button. Wake up to Jesus and make sure that before you drop dead, make sure that you leave it all out in the field for Jesus. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. That's a wrap, Paul. Yeah, let me... Go ahead. We finish the one last scripture quote. 